Are you frustrated with your co-parent? Do you sometimes find yourself hoping that you and your co-parent will one day get along better than you even did in your marriage? Or more secretly, wish your co-parent would meet with an untimely or maybe painful demise? (laughs) It's okay. We understand. But I'm afraid that neither of those fantasies are helping you move on with your life. We think this podcast will help you learn how to put those fantasies in the past. In each episode, we address difficult dilemmas that many co-parents face and will help you decide should you hold on to the conflict for the sake of the kids or let it go for the same reason. These issues are often complicated, but the solutions can be easier than you think. So get ready for this unconventional ride. You might be surprised it could change your life. If you've got a dilemma to share, please call our voicemail number at 1-234-DILEMMA or email us at 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Remember, dilemma is spelled D-I-L-E-M-M-A. Welcome, everyone. This is Co-Parent Dilemmas, the podcast where, Rick... Ah, Practical Solutions for Impossible Parents. (laughs) Yes, I love that tagline. I'm Diane Dirks, and this is my colleague, Rick Voiles. And today we're going to talk about the power of the plan B. And we're not talking about a birth control medication. (laughs) No, we're we're past that stage. (laughs) Yeah, some of these people regret that they didn't have... No, 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 no. We love our children. We just wish that we would have... (laughs) Made them with somebody else. Exactly. (laughs) So what is a plan B, Rick? A plan B is an action plan that has the result of meeting the child's need that has nothing to do with the other parent. They have no power to stop it. And why can't you do that anyway? Why is it so hard for people to know what to do for their children? They want the other parent to do the right thing. That tends to be what's the struggle. Why won't they ever do the right thing? And what is the answer to that question? Why? Well, we don't know why. (laughs) Nobody knows why. Not even the person doing it, right? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we got a question from Angela and she's got a valid question because her co-parent actually is allowed to do something legally that she feels is in the long run hurting their child or not letting their child be a child. So let's look at that here. She said, Hey, this is Angela from Louisville, Kentucky. I love your show. Okay. So I have a dilemma. My co-parent never, and I mean, never lets our son attend a birthday party or have sleepovers or anything while at his dad's house. For some reason, my co-parent thinks it's his time, so my son can't really do kids' things there. Mm. I'm so frustrated. I know he's allowed to do whatever he wants on his time, but it doesn't seem to matter what my child needs to him. Thanks, guys. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Is we that allowed that. to say no to birthday parties? Yeah, right. We talk about principles for co-parenting, but there are also other concretes that we have to remind ourselves of. The father can do whatever, or for that matter, the mother. But in this case, dad can do whatever he wants during his parenting time. That's what the parenting plan protects. We can't make him and we can't stop him. Now, I've seen clauses in co-parenting plans where it says 
if a child has an activity on your time, you know, he plays baseball every Saturday or has piano lessons every Saturday that the parent must encourage and make every best effort to ensure that the child gets there, which makes a lot of sense because if you're on a team and your coach knows you can't be there every other week because you're with your dad or your mom, that's ridiculous. The team can't really support that. But this is a little bit different. I've never seen a parenting plan that says you have to let your child go to social events or host a social event at your house or have a party. So what are we going to do about this one for Angela? Hold on to the conflict. And now I want to say something else about this. I've had other parents in similar situations say, I've tried everything. I email him every time I get a birthday invitation and I know it's on his time. And I promise that I'll go to Walmart and I'll even buy the gift for him. And I'll pick up my child at his house. I'll take him to the party. I'll bring him right back. And they work really, really hard to get the other parent to change their mind. But what do you think happens? Oh, then they just get more and more frustrated because every attempt to try and change dad's mind just gives dad another chance to say no. And And how does dad react to the begging? Oh, no. Well, there are some parents that just love to watch the other person get irritated, frustrated, angry, upset. And unfortunately, there's some parents that will say no, not because they don't want the child to go, just because they know mom wants the child. To right, go. right. Which is really putting the child directly in the middle. The, the dad would not say that. No. But it really puts the child directly in the middle. So let's talk about letting go of this, this one. If mom lets go and just tells the child, nothing I can do about it. I guess you can't go to a birthday party. That relieves mom of the conflict. But is there anything that she can do for the child? Definitely. So another practical concept that is true all the time is there's always a plan B available. It may not be convenient. It may not be fair, but uh, we encourage you all to let go of the idea of fair. Not not much of parenting is really motivated by fair. (laughs) Whether you're divorced or not, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) And how many times did you hear your mom or dad say life ain't fair? So yeah, we we say that frequently to co-parents, don't we? Exactly, yes. So yeah, there's something, there is always something she can do. What I don't want her to do uh, on the other side of the coin that also puts the child in the middle is to say, well, sorry, your dad won't take you. That's just the way your dad is. Mm -hmm. And the child ends up crushed, upset, but then mom's framed it to make it dad's fault. Right. Or worse yet, they get into a big, loud argument on the phone about it in front of the child. Yes. Uh, And then he feels responsible. The child does, you know, here I go again, my issues, just being a child makes my parents fight. So here's a plan B that I heard from another mom, which I thought was excellent regarding this very same thing. She said, I knew I couldn't fix it. Dad legally had every right to say, no, you can't go to the birthday party and hurt my child. But I knew that I could give my child something he maybe needed, which was that social interaction with his friend. In this case that I'm talking about, it was his best friend having a birthday party. So, you know, and Angela doesn't say how old her child is, but in this case, the child was eight or nine years old. And that's what eight or nine year olds do, right? They go to their, their friend's birthday parties. And she said, what I told him when he came home from school with the invitation, he handed it to me with a sad face and said, dad's not going to let me go, but here's the invitation. 
And she said, well, I'll just call the other mom and we'll have a special sleepover on my weekend with your best friend and I'll make him a birthday cake and we'll have our own celebration. And she said he got this huge smile on his face. That wasn't a perfect solution. He still probably won't get to go to the actual party where all the friends are going to gather. But what he learned in that moment is mom can't fix this, but she can do something so that I feel like I'm getting what I need. In other words, my mom recognized this was important to me and she took steps. She didn't say anything about dad. She didn't say dad is a horrible person. She's leaving that up to the child to determine what's dad's stand on this, what the whys are. She doesn't live in dad's house. She doesn't know. For all we know, dad had a huge important thing planned on that weekend. And there's a good reason. So she doesn't need to go into why dad is doing what he's doing or not doing because she can't really know that. She may suspect (laughs) from her history and years of experience with dad, but in that moment, that's not valuable. What's valuable is the child feels like somebody gets it and yay for mom. She gets it. Mom can walk away, not having to beg, not having to go into that conversation. And I suspect dad's sitting at the computer waiting with bated breath for the email, (laughs) the begging email to come that he can so quickly say N-O exclamation point to. And she is taking away his negative power and actually empowering herself. So, yeah, I I love when parents figure that out. Oh, yes. I think that's brilliant. An excellent solution. And one of the things that it allowed her to do was the kind, so the son comes home sad, he hands Mm -hmm. the paperwork over. And, you know, in some ways, the the child really doesn't care whose fault or the reasons why the the child just wants to figure out a way to To be with his best friend. Yeah. Right. right. So, and she didn't have to say a word about dad at all, but she addressed the child's disappointment with a plan that would resolve or alleviate the disappointment. Right. That's Reminds brilliant. me of another story that, that we heard, I think, in one of our classes where the dad said that the mom was scheduling the little boy or girl's baseball 50 miles away from where he uh, lived because yes. she wanted him to play with his cousin in another town. Dad didn't buy that. He, he felt <laughs> certain that mom was doing that to keep him from coming because she knew so- his work schedule and knew by the time he got there after work. The kid's game would be halfway done. Yep, and so we don't know whether mom is being spiteful or not. She would say she's not, of course. But the important thing is that's his perception. Yes. And he could react negatively. He could yell, scream, whatever. But again, legally, mom had the right to sign him up for baseball wherever she wanted to because she had final say yep. in the child's extracurricular activities which frustrates a lot of people because when someone has the legal right, even if they give the other parent all the information, like we encourage them to do before they make the decision, he had this feeling in his head that she's just doing that to hurt me. So if he got into a fight with the ex, if he took her back to court to try to get final say on activities because she's doing this, what do you think happens to the child in all of that? Every court case is stressful for for the child. He may win, but I'm not sure he's taken into consideration the cost that that win is going to have on the child. That's not going to be good. Again, this goes back to that fairness issue. Is it fair that he has to 
do a plan B and not get to see every minute of his child's baseball games? Probably not, but it's not fair to the child that his parents got a divorce either. So, right. And that's how they get stuck in the middle. We lift, we lift ourselves out of that hopefully and accept the unfairness. So our child doesn't have to, right. So what he did, another brilliant solution is he had a conversation with one of the other parents uh, whose child was on the team and said, would you mind when my child is up for bat filming him so that when I see my child, we can watch those films together. And he, more importantly, and sometimes the only plan B you can have is to have a conversation with your child. Right. Say, hey, listen, buddy, you know, I know you're playing in this town with your cousin and you don't, again, don't say anything about mom. Right. You know, because your mother, she's the one who did it to you. <laughs> and now I can't go all because don't do any of that. Right. No, that's what I know. Well, you tell your best friend that over a beer, there right? You go. Yep. <laughs> but when you're talking to your child about it, you say, I can't be there because of my work schedule. By the time you get down there after work, the game would be mostly over and I don't want to miss anything. So I've asked Mrs. Smith to record uh, every time you're up at bat so we can do that together. But every time I'm able to make a game, I guarantee you, I will be there. So what does the child walk away with there? Yes. The child knows that dad's doing everything he can. He understands the circumstance. Again, doesn't matter why to them, but there's a solution that dad has gone the extra mile to come up with a way to make it okay. Yeah. And the child will remember that for the rest of his life. Just like Angela, your child will remember that you planned a special birthday party on the following weekend with your child's best friend and your child, we want those moments. Right. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, Hmm, that's not what I expected my mom to do. I expected her to be upset or have some body language that like rolling of the eyes, like, Oh, there goes dad again. Instead, she just kind of took it like a champ right? Yes, and gave me a solution. And I think the little boy in the baseball situation probably did too. Wow. That's a pretty cool idea. Dad and I can watch those videos together when I'm at his house and he's going to help me improve my batting or my throwing or my catching. So it turns it into a teaching moment almost for the child that you can trust me to tell me these things or have these things happen and I'm not going to blow. I'm going to just do whatever I think you need, not what I need. Exactly. And the children are watching and they are learning. And our responses to these situations are either teaching something productive or something not so productive. Uh, They may not be able to say it and identify it right then, but down the road, they'll go, they'll learn a way to come up with creative plan Bs on their own and look back and go, yeah, I learned that from my dad or I learned that from my mom. Right. So- Angela, we're going to tell you to let this one go with regard to the conflict with your co-parent, but there's always a but when you let it go, right? Right. (laughs) Well, not always, but most of the time, but you choose a plan B. Take care of your child's needs in that moment. So he just doesn't walk away saying, oh, divorce sucks. I hate this. Right. Then he goes, okay, it's not so bad. That was a, a good solution for a problem that I had. And What's the teaching? The teaching is there's a solution to just about every problem. You're never stuck. 
there's, there's always avenues of resolve that we can go to. Great. Well, thank you, Angela, for your, for your uh, question. We invite you to email your questions to uh, 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Rick, how is dilemma spelled? Ooh, D-I-L-E-M-M-A. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. You get an A in spelling. Yeah. Uh, or leave a voicemail for us at 1234dilemma, D-I-L-E-M-M-A. Yes. We'll talk, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, all. Bye. Bye. We hope this episode was helpful to you. If you'd like to share your dilemma or tell us how something we said has benefited your situation, please call 1-234-DILEMMA. That's 234-362-3445. Or email 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Co-Parent Dilemmas wherever you get your podcasts and give us a favorable rating. That will make us more accessible to co-parents who are searching for help. Thank you for being part of our non-impossible family. Thank you.